Well, let's dive in today. We are in a new series called Wise Up. And uh, my heart behind this is, especially in a, the complex world in which we live in here today, uh, that if we don't increase knowledge and understanding, we may, may lack the, the, the ability to make decisions that are informed, that are, uh, that are laced with God's plan and God's design. And uh, if we fall victim to a lack of understanding on the back of knowledge, we could be building a different kingdom than God's kingdom. And so uh, I just want to talk this out over the next couple of weeks on how we wise up. There's a whole wisdom, uh, there's a whole wisdom uh, section of the Bible that's, that's uh, the point of it is to put together to inform followers of Jesus, the body of Christ, um, God's people on how to live and how to act and how to conduct themselves. So we're going to dive into it and uh, uh, have fun with it over the next couple of weeks. How many of you guys have ever been in a position in your life where you um, made a decision based on what you knew and the outcome wasn't necessarily all that good. Anybody been there before? You've been, you're like, I'm just going with what I know, right? Ignorance was not bliss. Actually, ignorance was something opposite of that, right? And you found yourself in some challenges. Well, let me just share a little story of my life. Um, there was a moment in time where uh, I was like in college and I just wanted to help the church and do what I can for the church and anything, you know, whatever I can do. Well, the church was having to go buy a lot of ice for all the things that we were doing. And so I had a connection through my father-in-law on uh, a gentleman that uh, worked for a ice machine company and would get some that he would, uh, he would restore and then he would just sell them on the side. And so I was like, cool, uh, let's hook that up. And so he, he got one and he hooked it up. And so he came, he, they came over on a Friday afternoon to the church and they hooked this thing up. Now, uh, I'm like, all good, you know, your boys, you know, serving the Lord, just whatever I can do for the church. You know, I'm just here to serve guys and just got a connection when I bless you guys. And so they're hooking it up on Friday night. Well, they hook the whole thing up, but they're missing a hose that goes between the filter and the ice machine. And in our San Antonio water, you need a filtration system uh, because all the calcium in the water, but they're missing that hose. And, I'm, and they said, well, we can come back next week. Well, it was a men's breakfast that next morning. And I was like, no, I want, I want to get some glory and some praise for my love of the Lord in his church. It's like, I got this. I'll get the hose. You guys go. It's fine. It's just hooking these two things up and you clamp it. It's all good enough. I got this. So I go to Home Depot and I'm looking at the hoses and one looks sufficient to me. I mean, to get the right size, it's the right price, cheap. And um, <laughs> so I buy it. And so I go back up to the church and I hook it up and I'm like, man, look at your boy rocking this game. Turn the water on and everything's working good. I can hear it start working inside of there. It's making ice and I'm like, man, life is good. So I leave the church Friday night. It's probably about eight or nine o'clock at night or something like that with the men's breakfast the next morning. I'm like, man, they're going to call me early and be like, thank you so much for this. We'd have to go buy the ice and be like, you know, you can just do a little shout out with the men's group. I mean, it's fine. You can do a little one. You don't have to be big, you know. They call me at 6 a.m. They say, Brent, did you hook up the ice machine yesterday? I'm like, yeah, your boy sure did. I mean, you know, <laughs> I knew you would recognize and I know you know good. You know, I think you're welcome. And uh, you don't have to say much, you know, just a little something. It would be nice. Uh, just doing what I can to serve the Lord and get as much praise as possible. Um, they said, well, well, Brent, um, the entire auditorium is flooded at the church. And I said, what? 
I said, you, are you playing a joke on me? They said, no, the entire auditorium is flooded. It, it, the, the way the auditorium was, it had like, the, had like riser where it would go up and it went all the way up to the fourth pew, all the way down from the bottom. I'm talking like four foot of water just flooded inside of there. The men's breakfast turned into uh, a rescue mission for the entire auditorium because we had church the next day. I mean, we had sump pumps and everything else pumping water out. Rather than being praised, I was the, I was the laughing stock of the entire men's group. Now, here's the deal. I went with what I knew, okay? I had some knowledge. The ice machine needed a hose. My understanding was it just needed a hose. I didn't know that there's two different types of hoses. There's the regular hose that can handle one pressure, and then there's a braided hose that can handle another pressure. When you are just, FYI, I'm going to educate a few people, so you never will be humiliated like I was, okay? <laughs> I'm just going to try to share some wisdom with you real quick. Whenever you put a regular hose on a water line during the day, everybody's using the toilets during the day. So the pressure drops. But at night when everybody's sleeping and there's less movement in the, in the GI realm and bladder, then the pressure rises. So that night when the pressure rose with, after all the flushing was done, pressure bust a pipe. And it busted that, that tube right there and was flooding the entire auditorium all night long. I went with what I knew and understood, and it cost me dearly my pride. To this day, I'm a laughing stock in the church at my dad's church. Um, ignorance is not bliss, bliss, right? If you are not, you could have a knowledge on what money does, but you lack understanding on how to manage the money. You can live paycheck to paycheck, get your car repoed and your home, you know, taken over, right? You can completely have knowledge on how to live a healthy life, but lack understanding on how to apply those principles and completely live a life with health issues and, and sickness and, you know, Lack of what you can do because you're not managing your health. You could have a knowledge on what parenting is, but you lack understanding on how to apply a parenting, you know, methods. And you can live with a complete home that is in destruction with your kids that desperately, you know, you have no relationship with your kids. They hate you. They don't care anything about you, right? You can have a knowledge on a marriage and what it's supposed to be, but lack understanding on your role and responsibility in that marriage, and therefore you will live on the other side of it in complete chaos as a couple, okay? Knowledge is one thing. Understanding is com something completely different. Wisdom is revealed in its results, right? Jesus was criticized for being a drunk and a partier from religious people, because they're like, look at him, he's hanging out with all the scum and all that stuff. Jesus' response back, what he would say to them is, wisdom is revealed in its fruits, or wisdom is revealed in its children. What was he saying? You guys have an understanding of what honoring God is and what God's heart is, but you're excluding people that God loves. So let me live something before you, and the wisdom is going to be revealed when it all comes together in the end, when all of humanity is redeemed through me, Right? Wisdom is revealed in its fruits. So if you look at it this way, knowledge and understanding is this right here. Knowledge plus understanding equals the ability to make decisions, but wisdom is revealed in its fruits. You have the ability through knowledge and understanding to make a decision. But the ultimate product of that decision, which you make, we make a lot of them, 
is ultimately going to determine, are we wise? Are we unwise? Okay. So number one, if you want to write this down, write, go get some wisdom, get wisdom. Every single person inside of here has got to get some wisdom. What do we got to do? We got to increase our knowledge and we got to increase our understanding. So the outcomes of our lives are informed godly information, godly outcomes that would be considered fruit in God's eyes, not just man's eyes. God's eyes. That's where we're going for. We want to increase both of these things. We want to expand our ability. You know, Proverbs 4 would say this. Proverbs 4 says, get wisdom. Get some wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. God's speaking through the books of wisdom. I got some things to share with you. Get the wisdom. Get some insight. Increase your understanding, your level of ability to make the right decision in every area of your life. Here's how complex we live, the world in which we live in. We've never lived at such a time that we live in right here today. As Americans, as followers of Jesus, we've never lived in such a complex time. And I'll say this all the time, no matter what we're talking about. We live in the most complex time ever in history. There's access to more information than at any moment in time. There are people that are using this information in order to gain influence, in order to accomplish whatever their desire is, whatever their will is. If you lack, you could have knowledge on a subject, but lack understanding and be unwise in the life in which you are living and possibly what you are advocating for. If you don't know what you believe, if you're not wise about how you are living your life, understanding what God's plan is, right? So as we talked about a couple weeks ago, here's the reality of the life in which we live. We have our absolutes. We got to know what those things are. We got to know what we believe, what we stand for. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way to the Father except through him. There's a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is an absolute truth. There is no way around it, right? Salvation is in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. These are realities. They're absolutes. God is the creator of the universe. It's not a big bang. Oh, it was a big bang when Jesus spoke, let it be. Oh, it was a big, or when, yeah, Jesus and God, oh, it was a big bang. But it ain't a big bang, big bang according to man's ideas. It's a big bang according to God, the creation of the universe that God spoke in it and it came to be, right? These are absolutes. It's a virgin birth around Jesus Christ. Immaculate conception, virgin birth, right? It was not the work of man, it was the work of God. You gotta know what you believe, Right? You got to know what your convictions are. How, what are my convictions? What am I leaning into? How am I leading my life here today based on what I'm convicted by? Right? The truth of God's word has empowered me. There's absolutes that we all agree upon, but then there's convictions in which we live upon. Then there's the opinions. If we don't know what this is, this is why in our world today, there's so many people today that are in the church that are fighting for opinions as if they are absolutes. It's completely out of order, but they don't know what they believe. That is the, the level of complexity in our society today around all of these issues. Everybody's trying to accomplish something. We live in a world of good and evil. Jesus says, be as wise as serpents, as humble as dove. But in order to accomplish God's will in a complex world, what does it take? Wisdom. It takes wisdom to make the right decisions at every single moment in order to accomplish God's plan right here on this earth. So Proverbs would talk about this, the book of wisdom. Proverbs um, in verse number one would say this, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. This book was comprised by Solomon. 
Um, Solomon is King David's son. He's known as the wisest man to ever live. If you know about uh, King David, King David secured the Silk Road that ran through Israel. He was a mighty warrior. He was a great king, but he was extremely strategic. Whenever the Silk Road was running through Israel down to Egypt at that moment in time, he said, I'm going to conquer every single one of these towns that's controlling the Silk Road. And guess who's going to get the money from those towns? Israel. Amen. In Jesus' name, God's chosen people. What did Solomon do? Solomon came in on the back end. So he grew up seeing his dad super strategic, grew up in the best education. Uh, Another part of it, and we'll talk about this next week. But it says that he was wise. He was well-versed in a lot of different schools of thought. He was the wisest man to ever live, the wisest man in the land for sure. But Solomon, so David secured the Silk Road. Solomon secured the maritime routes. He he secured the maritime routes and the trade that happened through um, shipping, uh, the shipping trade. So it's wealth upon wealth. He had wealth more than any other king in Israel. He was the wealthiest man, the wisest man to ever live. He was very strategic. So he comprised these books together for the purpose of informing God's people on how to live and conduct themselves on a daily basis. So moving on in verse number two, this is where he starts to lay out, okay, here, this is where it comes from. This is how you know, it comes from uh, Solomon. Now here's the intent. And then it's going to get to seven and say, here's the motto. Here's the point of all of this. So in verse number two, it says, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, this is the point, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealings, how you conduct yourself every day, uh, in righteousness, how you live, in justice, what you fight for, in equity, in, uh, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth, let the wise hear and increase in learning. So this is, this is the purpose behind all of it. It goes on to say, and the one who understands obtains guidance. The, uh, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. Now, the motto that you're going to see inside of here, and we'll talk a little bit about, more about this in a minute, is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The point of Proverbs is to give little riddles and little statements to the body of Christ on how we conduct ourselves on an everyday basis, right? We understand what God's plan is. We understand his redemptive work. We understand like what it means to honor him. But this is like, hey, let's put some meat on the bone. And now in your everyday dealings, how you, how you parent, how you operate in your workplace, how you, uh, you mentally like uh, manage your mind, All of this is going to be in here in the book of Proverbs, and they're going to be little riddles. The world will tell us, live and learn. The Bible says, learn and live. Okay? Right? The school of hard knocks, sometimes we got to go through the school of hard knocks, but it's much better to go get some wisdom, hear a little bit of Proverbs, some, okay, virtual reality. I'm living this thing. Okay, cool. I see what God's trying to communicate through his word in Proverbs. I see what he's leaning into on behaviors and, and parenting and, and everyday dealings. Okay, cool. Now I'm going to live. I've learned. Now I'm going to live. So we're increasing knowledge. We're increasing understanding. Both of those things happen at the same time. The moment I latch that tube to the, the ice machine, I was using the best level of knowledge and understanding I had at that moment in time. 
my knowledge and understanding is completely different. It grew with experience, okay? I don't want to flood every single church that I walk into because I lack this, right? I want to learn and then keep on moving. The same thing in our lives. We don't need to be in financial ruin every single month because we learned last month, wow, we mismanaged our money. So we might want to put a budget in place so that next month we're not living in fear that our check is going to bounce, our car is going to be repoed, right? It's the same thing inside of our life. Well, we came to spiritual ruin inside of our life. Well, why did that happen? Well, we weren't applying and living according to God's principles, and we found ourselves in spiritual ruin inside of our life. It's a tough place to be. You, you, You decide differently, right? This relationship, they whispered sweet nothings. I gave in. They used me like they'd done before. Cool. I don't want to do that again. It's learned behaviors over a long period of time, but you want to read it, apply it to the best of your ability, and then let school of hard knocks, knocks kick in, right? So the, the whole point of Proverbs give you some little quick nuggets and of learning in, to, in order to empower us on a daily basis to make the best decision possible to win according to God's ideas, okay? The main thing you want to hear inside of there is man says live and learn. God says learn and live. God says, learn and live. Um, now here, we, we all want to be happy. Number two, if you want to write it down, true and lasting happiness are found in the, pro, uh, the presence of wisdom. True and lasting happiness is found in the presence of wisdom. We are all looking for happiness. Nobody wakes up in a, on a morning and says, you know what? I want to live a miserable, frustrating, complicated, challenging life. You know, I just want to, I want turmoil after turmoil. Nobody wakes up and says that. We're all looking for happiness inside of our lives. Now, the Bible would instruct us in Proverbs, it would specifically say Proverbs 3.13, blessed and or happy, those words are cha- interchangeable. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. So as we grow in our knowledge base, right? Sometimes in our, in our world today, we can, we think that knowledge, our wisdom is associated solely with knowledge. Reality is you can go get a degree all you want, but if you don't understand the application behind the teaching, you will not be able to apply that inside of your workplace, right? So understanding expounds your ability in order to have have credibility and responsibility inside of the workplace because you have both knowledge and understanding, right? You, You know some people out there that have all the knowledge in the world. So you ask them a question, they're great. You try to get them to go do something, they fail miserably, right? They can tell you the right answer. They just don't know how to go do the right answer, right? It's the same thing inside of the church world. There's religious people that can quote scriptures all day long, but they are unchanged by the gospel. They do not love inside of their heart, so they live a life of arrogance towards the world around them. Exactly what Jesus is saying. Wisdom is revealed in its fruits, right? Wisdom is revealed in what is actually lived out and accomplished. So, Blessed, happy is those who find wisdom and the one who gets understanding. Proverbs 24 would say it this way, my son, eat honey for it is good. And the drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste. Amen. If you got problems with allergies, go get a local honey. It'll help you out. Verse 14 is this word. It brings it all together, right? Verse number 14, know that wisdom is such to your soul. If you find it, there will be a future and your hope will not be cut off. Once you find wisdom, once you have knowledge and understanding that's bigger than yourself, bigger than the here and now, your myopic perspective, there's a hope and a future that exists inside of your heart and you can be happy inside of your life. You are informed, you're at peace, and now you're fighting for the right things. It's exactly where God wants us to be. 
Happiness can be found in a lot of different places other than the plan that God has for us. There are a lot of people that are living their best life with drugs, living their best life with relationships, living their best life in, you know, um, fulfilling whatever desire they may have. The Bible is very clear. It's a temporary thing. It's a temporary happiness that is not lasting. I'm talking about an eternal happiness that comes from knowing God, knowing his plan and living that out in your choices every single day, honoring God with your life. People will, you will find happiness. I just pray that you find happiness in God. Wisdom, you know, happiness is found in the presence. Lasting happiness is found in the, the presence of wisdom. Last thing I'll leave you with is this. Fear of the Lord is the start. Fear of the Lord is the start of wisdom inside of our life. To understand the complexity of life, to understand the, the big picture, right? Proverbs 1 said, or 1, seven says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools despise it. I have a friend to this day that from the very beginning, he, he would disrespect his parents even when I was in his presence. I mean, I'm a young rebel, crazy as all can be, but even his disrespect for his parents, I would be cringing. I would not be here today if I talked to my mom like that. I'll tell you that right now. But to this day, he despises instruction. He has never worked out the authority issue inside of his life. He is, uh, he's, he's been involved probably in every substance known to mankind. He, has, uh, he pursued a, a undercover cop that was posed as underage. He got caught up in one of those stings that you see on TV. Um, he is currently, or he went to jail for that. He spent some time in prison. Um, he is currently addicted to meth as far as last I heard and completely off the radar, doesn't, nobody in contact with him. Never, he despises instruction. I, I don't want anybody's opinion. I'm gonna do my own thing, my own world, my own way, right? Completely unwise. Yeah. Completely unwise, right? He has not found this wisdom that leads towards fruit inside of his life. He has not found himself to submission to say, I'm gonna fear the Lord. He, I mean, this fear of the Lord we're talking about is not a fear that like, oh my God, oh, you hate me, you know, oh my God, you're gonna kill me. The fear we're talking about is God is 100% in control. He is alpha and omega, right? He is in control of everything. We fear like his just, his bigness, his big picture. We, we, we fear, not a fear of like, oh my gosh, a fear of like, wow, you are, you're so big. And because of that, we're going to submit ourselves under your will, right? You have a plan for us, all good in the hood, right? Anybody fear your parents? Some fear them for one thing I'm talking about, right? Some fear like, oh, my parents, they were like, yeah. I feared my dad like that, okay? I said something to my mom one time. He smacked me upside the head with this gold ring. Bam, I was like, I didn't know where I was for like two seconds. Like, <laughs> and he said, don't talk to my wife like that. And I was like, but she's my mom. He's like, yeah, but she's my wife. No, you ain't doing that. And I was like, yes, sir. So there's fear on that side of it, right? Um, and, and God disciplines the ones in which he loves, which he, the Bible's very clear on that. So there's a discipline fear. on like, we understand that there's consequences to bad decision. But on the other side of that, there's some of us in here that are, we say we fear our parents because we would never want to disappoint them. Because yeah. they are so good. They are so loving. They have the best expectations for us. We fear disappointing them. And there's a complete different perspective when you live your life from that position. That's what it's talking. Fear of the Lord is the start of that. 
Man, we don't want to disappoint God. He's breathed life into our lungs. We're just children of the Most High King. We want to be here to please him and honor him with our life. We want to be, live in response, as we talked about earlier. I love you. We want to live in response to his goodness. We fear the disappointment. That's what we're talking about. Wisdom elevates you to higher elevations where you see more, see bigger. Some of us in our world today, we have a knowledge of what history looks like, but we're just listening to the understanding of individuals that don't love Jesus. They are not following God. And today we are advocating for things that are not building God's kingdom. We're going on the understanding of somebody that does not love God's kingdom and advocating for those exact things. So here's the deal. We can have a knowledge of what history is, but we need to raise our level of understanding of what God's plan is so that we can walk and advocate for things of God restoring the earth, right? If you say, you know, uh, a lot of people want to get behind social justice. I'm like, we're in the process of soul justice, like soul justification. That's what the body of Christ is all about. And when there's soul justification, everything happens. All the social movements get met inside of this. So I'd much rather jump on soul justification rather than a movement that may not be God-fearing, God-honoring, right? And so we got to be careful, right? And you only know that if you are operating from a place where you have knowledge and understanding of God's kingdom, God's plan, fear of the Lord, that then informs our ability to make the right decision in this moment of time with all the complexity around the world in which we live in here today, right? If you put it this way, knowledge plus understanding plus X factor, what? Humility, they're going to get it in just a second. I'm sorry. Bam, bam, bam. There we go. Whoa, they put it like that this time. Cool. Oh. Wow, they popped it over. Okay, cool. Knowledge plus understanding plus the X factor, fear of the Lord. That is the key right there. As a follower of Jesus Christ, we can't just live on knowledge and understanding. We got to bring fear of the Lord into it, as, as Proverbs talks about. That is the start of wisdom for a believer. That's for a believer, for a follower of Christ to say yes to Jesus, living in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. The start is fear of the Lord. Then we move in the righteousness of God as we see restoration on the earth of the soul. Amen? So equals ability to make decisions, but wisdom is revealed in its fruit. So there's a process to it. This ability of godly wisdom elevates us, right? I love going up on high spaces and high places. It's amazing. You ever been to the Towers of America? You get to see all the city, bam, right? You're looking down on things. You can see clear. You're like, whoa, okay, 410 wraps around that way. All right, there's a wreck over there. You probably shouldn't go that way. Okay, cool, cool, cool. There's a clear understanding. SeaWorld's out there. The Calaveras and the power plants where we get all of our energy inside of our cities out there. Oh, you get a different perspective that gives you a different ability and a different level of understanding then now you get it. You can make some decisions, right? Higher elevation. I love high elevations. The same thing wisdom does. It empowers you to see bigger, think bigger, and not get caught up in a moment, right? Right? You can see something on TV today. Turmoil in this one place. Oh, this place is being set on fire. And you, if you're not careful, if you're myopic in your perspective, the whole country's burning down, right? Go, do a, go buy a bunker. Get into the bunker, right? You can be very myopic in your perspective because you lack understanding of what the reality is, right? You got to elevate. See bigger, think bigger. 
You can have some ungodly person jump out there and jump on some movement and we're gonna do this and X, Y, and Z, but they don't love Jesus, not trying to build his kingdom. And if you don't understand, you're just caught up in the knowledge piece and don't understand, you could be posting stuff online that's completely, dis, completely against building the kingdom of God. It's completely trying to build a different kingdom. And so we got a wisdom with the complexity in which world we're living. If we elevate in godly wisdom, we have that X factor. We can lead our lives in a way that will honor God. It'll bless God. It'll honor him. So fear the Lord. Let me run through a few things inside of here. Fear the Lord what it is. Fear the Lord uh, is openness to him, eagerness to please him, humility to be instructed by him. You're just open to who God is. That, I'm fearing the Lord. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have this openness and eagerness to please him. Fear of the Lord is the willingness to turn from evil and change, realizing that we're inherently evil as humanity and we desperately need to be saved by Jesus Christ and be transformed into his likeness so that we can walk in righteousness. We're not inherently good. Man is not inherently good. We're inherently bad. We're born into sin. The fear of the Lord is a surrender to his will, saying your will be done, not mine, as we said in the Lord's Prayer a couple weeks ago. Abraham walked Isaac up on top of the hill and was willing to sacrifice him. He was submitting to God's will. We don't necessarily understand the complexity behind that, but he was willing to give up. God said, I will do. And that level of submitting to God's will and the fear of the Lord to say, I'm gonna do what you've asked me to do. It's another way that we walk this out. Fear of the Lord is one way we, ha- we love him. It's a way in which we honor him. We, 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 we love his discipline, his instruction. We follow him and how he's asked us to live. We're obeying his word. So we, we're fearing the consequences and we're living in his order. You know, fear of the Lord is when we realize I'm not the measure of all things, that actually I am being measured. I don't, I'm not measuring this. The enlightenment period is elevated man above God. You are the measure of, you decide what justice is. No, we're being measured by God. We have a righteous judge that sits up there, right? He's the way, the truth, and life. Once we get there, we're going to be judged by him according to his word, his instruction, not man's. So once we come to that realization on this is not our measure, it's his measure. We're being measured by him. There's a, there's a power to that. Fear of the Lord also, it takes us to a place of maturity where no one has to follow us around with tedious list of do's and don'ts, constantly telling us what to do. We are motiva- motivated from deep within. We know what is right, And it is what we love because it is of God, right? It's a maturity that comes on the inside of us. Now you think if wisdom, if truth is in the hands of God and wisdom is in his word, why would we try to go anywhere else? If we're rooted in God's word, right? It is the highest form of truth. There is no other truth that compares to it. Everything else is inferior. If that is it, then we know the absolute truth that's in his word, there's a maturity that will rise up on us on the everyday life in every one of our decisions. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth, right? He is our comforter. He instructs us. You know, he manages our emotions for us. If we have this prayer without ceasing, God's in the equation all the time. Holy Spirit leading us into truth. Then we are fully engaged in God's will every single day in all of our decisions, right? I mean, we're in the best place to win every single day. It's elevating us to accomplish God's purposes. But the start is fear of the Lord because that puts us in a place where it's his will, not our will. 
And if you're a Christian inside here, you got to be very careful in the world in which we live in because you got to know, understanding, you got to vet the individuals that are saying it according to the will in which they are operating in. If they come in the name of my will and not the will of God, you got to be really careful, right? Because there's a lot of people in our world today that are compromised by the will of the enemy trying to build a kingdom here on this earth and will say whatever they need to say in order to get your influence. And that's, you got to be wise about that. What name are they coming in? You have knowledge, you got understanding. The X factor is fear of the Lord. If they don't fear the Lord, be very cautious of what they are trying to promote. Just gonna throw it out there. So fear of the Lord is the start, right? Fear of the Lord is much like this. Fear of the Lord to wisdom is much like ABCs to Shakespeare. Fear of the Lord is much like two plus two equals four to calculus. Same is true. Fear of the Lord to wisdom is the same exact thing. It is the start. It's where it all starts. C.S. Lewis would say it this way. In God, you come up against something which is is in every respect immeasurably superior to yourself. Let me say it one more time. In God, you come up against something which is in every respect immeasurably superior to yourself. We are human. We are mortal. He is immortal. He is infinite. We are finite. He is immeasurably bigger than us. Moving on, he says, unless you know God as that and therefore know yourself as nothing in comparison, you do not know God at all. It's a strong statement. He said it. I agree with it. <laughs> I can blame it on him, but I, you know, I'm reading it. So I agree with it. You got to see God as bigger, greater, understands more, has all knowledge in that hand. And it starts in fear for us to say, we fear you, God. We don't know the full picture. We can only see a partial picture on it, but we're going to start here and say, we're going to move in the direction of truth that is in your word, understanding that is in your word. And we're going to have fear at the front end of what we do. And that's going to inform our decisions. We're going to do, we're going to learn, we're going to make a decision. And then we're going to allow school of hard knocks to operate. Really, which means the Holy Spirit to inform, right? He would go on to say, as long as you are proud, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. The enlightenment period for humanity did exactly this right here elevated man above God. We know more, we know better, all that religion and all that stuff, man, that was just, that was for dumb idiots. We're, we're enlightened. We know better than all, you know, all those religions and denominations. We know better. We know better than God. Romans 1, go read it. When humanity says we know better than God, it gets crazy pretty quick. Guess what's happened in our country today? It get crazy real quick. When was the last time anybody in politics said, I love Jesus. In my prayer time this morning, I felt the Holy Spirit impress on me that this is how we sh- I should vote today. 
on this policy. I ain't never seen that. Right? This is where we got to be careful. If they don't love Jesus, who do they love? If they're not being led by the Holy Spirit, who's leading them? I mean, I'm just blatantly honest with you. This is how I vet people. You don't love Jesus. You aren't a professing Christian. You aren't telling me that the word is informing you. I'm going to be a little cautious on whatever you repping, whatever you saying, because it sounds like the God of this world is what is actually leading you. You're trying to build a kingdom here on this earth. I'm trying to build a kingdom that is eternal. You're looking for a temporary thing. I'm looking for an eternal thing, right? And the eternal thing covers up all the temporary things. Amen. Right? We're no longer black or white or Jew or Gentile. We're no longer, you know, slave or free. We're all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's the body of Christ. Soul justification. Amen. That's where we want to be. We want fear of the Lord to inform all that we're doing. We want to be wise as serpent, humble as dove. Amen. It'll inform everything that we do. The first start of this, though, why are we at where we're at in our world? Well, I think the American church has watered down the message of Jesus Christ so much that it's all been about salvation, appeasing the state of dysfunction, but never instructing the desire of living beyond that. Right? It's, we, we say around here, Jesus met a woman caught in adultery. He protected her, but then he instructed her. In a woke generation, this is what we want. We want Jesus to protect us and then affirm us. That's what we want. Sexual immorality. I mean, that's what she was caught in. She was obviously having sex outside of marriage. You know, she's, she's doing the thing. She's living la vida loca, okay? Not like anybody in here, but you know what I mean. And Jesus protects. We're all sinners. We're all jacked up. But the woke generation that we live in here today says, we'll affirm that lifestyle. Jesus didn't look at her and say, hey, you know what? Don't let anybody judge you. You be whoever you want to be, okay? Go and don't question no more. That's ex not what he said. Jesus actually said a curse word with the woke generation. He said, go and sin no more. Go and don't miss the mark of God's standard anymore. Hit God's standard. Go after God's standard. Meet that standard. This is what you're living is less than God's design for you, yeah. right? You're living from an unwise position that is informed by man, but not by God. You need, God desires righteousness. God desires godliness. God wants you to live with fear in mind of him on his instruction. The Bible is clear. If you confess that Jesus is what? Say it with me. If you confess that Jesus is what does Lord mean? Oh man, now we get serious, right? Lord means that he makes the decisions how living happens. If you're outside of lordship, you're kicked out of the kingdom, right? You can't operate like that in this king. I'm Lord. I decide how things operate. You don't get to decide based on your feelings. You can feel however you want, but your feelings don't manipulate my order, my design doesn't do it. Go and sin no more. Right? Where's your accusers? Not here. Cool. Go and hit the mark that God has set out for us. Right? 
No matter how you feel, no matter what's happened to you, no matter what excuses you have, no matter how you've been treated in the past, well, guess what? You're no longer an ignorant anymore. You're no longer absent of the knowledge of God. You are informed by it, understand it, fear God through it, and make a decision that honors God with your life, right? We have appeased in the American culture people's feelings to make them feel good about themselves as opposed to give them clear direction. Jesus is your Lord. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is not your affirm affirmer, he is not your feeling, you know, your, your psychologist. You know in our world today that psychologists cannot tell you something different than what you say? They can't actually instruct you. If you say you are something, they have to affirm, okay, that's what you are. Cool. Here's some ways in which you can go about leading your life where it doesn't end in turmoil, which is not going to happen, right? If they're making a decision to do something that's completely chaotic, you know, we live in a world today that doesn't want to hurt feelings. My feelings never got hurt. Good Lord, I would not be a pastor today. Or I'd be in a club getting it, working and twerking. Amen. I'd be like... I would, man. I'd be like, la vida loca, anda, hey, hey. I'd be living it too, man. I'd be loving it up, living it up. Amen. Amen. God's creation is good. Amen. He has created beautiful things. But there's a design. And no matter what my selfish, sinful desire is, I want to submit to his authority and his will. I want to deal with my issues so I can walk in the righteousness so I can honor him. I want to build something that's bigger than the here and now today, amen? Amen. I want to build something that's bigger than the here and now. That's this generation just wants to the la vida YOLO now. Well, what's going to happen whenever you get out of YOLO and then you're a parent and your kid's growing up in this? You may think twice. What's going to happen whenever you're trying to build this kingdom and that's contrary to the kingdom of God and the very kingdom of God, now the kingdom that you helped build is now discriminated against the kingdom of God and those that are following Jesus and they're actually imprisoning people for their belief system. But you were over here advocating for a kingdom to be built that was contrary to that. Are you going to be the first one to show up to the prison, to the jail? To help somebody that's been imprisoned because of what they believe? Are you going to be the first one to do that? Right? You, you see how it's, it's got to be bigger than you. There, there's got to be absolutes that are bigger than you and your thinking and that YouTube guy that you were watching and that like emotional state that you had where you didn't have instruction because your parents weren't inside of the home. They were building their own kingdom, doing their own thing. You never had instruction inside of your life. You had to figure it out yourself. It's all school of hard knocks. So you've been following people, listening to people that are completely not believers. So today you believe something that's not really true. You're believing something that's contrary to God's word. And today you want to justify what you feel and what you think today based on dysfunction, but that's not the reality of what truth is. So we want to live today... We want to, we got to increase the understanding and say, okay, cool. God's word says this. I don't feel that. So I get, let, me get, let me get in alignment with that so that what I'm helping build is productive even when I'm not ignorant, right? When I get 10 years down the road and all this emotional state is gone, I help build something that now helps everybody, not isolates. Make sense? I mean, I'm just trying to be, I'm, I'm trying to navigate this as much as I possibly can to put enough meat on this bone. Because if we are ignorant in our world today, the church is not going to make it. If we are fighting for kingdoms in this world, 
the kingdom of God is not going to last. Now, here's the deal. I can sit up here and give you like popcorn, right? Popcorn messages. I can scratch your ears all day long. If I wanted to, I can, I'm a communicator. I've been in the game 15 years. I can work it and twerk it as I've already said, amen. I could get up here and finesse this thing to itch your ears to make you feel good about yourself without ever instructing you in God's word. You could walk out and be like, I'm so good, I'm great. <sighs> right? There'd be absolutely no change in your life. You'd probably keep on making the same decisions you were making for, to the moment you walked in here. And you'll keep on coming back because I'm giving you the buffet and it's all free and it doesn't cost you anything. You go, go live La Vida Loca and then you come back and God, I need you. And I'm like, he's here for you, he loves you. And you go, La Vida. And you're just on the cycle. Or I can say, hey, how about you get off the cycle and let's build the kingdom. Let's go. Let's build the kingdom. All that to say this. If you want Jesus to be your Lord, it starts in fear of God. He's got a plan and I'm missing the mark. His plan is salvation comes through his son. Jesus said, I am God. I am he. Well, I am. In a woke generation, they're like, well, don't say that, Jesus. That's a little too confrontational. That's your church truth, Jesus. That's not our truth. So can we please inherit eternal life without actually receiving the Savior that's paid the debt? How about that? That's why when Jesus said, eat my flesh and drink my blood, a lot of people left following him because they thought he was crazy. Like, what you talking about, Jesus? You lost your dang mind. We liked you whenever you were feeding us and giving us stuff and making us feel good, but we don't like it whenever you're instructing us. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Eat your flesh, drink your blood. What is he saying? You got to be willing to take pain like I am, right? You got to be willing to pick up your cross and follow me. If you ain't ready for that, then cool. You're just here for the, for the popcorn and the soda, and the cotton candy, all good. But when he gets real in instruction, he didn't, you ain't gonna be here, right? Jesus is Lord. So if you wanna receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Savior paying the debt of the price of your sin, missing the mark on God's standard, he was the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice. His blood was shed for your life. You don't have to shed your blood. Jesus already shed your blood or shed his blood for you. His life was represented his life was paid for your life that should be paid for your wrong decisions. That is the point of why he shed his blood. He was the perfect lamb. A life had to be given so that ours do not have to be taken. But the Bible is clear. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So with every head up and every eye open, which may be a little different than what you're used to, Bible says you confess your mouth to Jesus, Lord, you shall be saved. But if you acknowledge Jesus here on this earth, he'll acknowledge you in heaven. This decision you make when you say yes to Jesus is not a, oh, thank you, I'm saved. Oh. It's a thank you, God. I am free from sin. Thank you, God. I'm submitted to your will. Thank you, God. I'm in alignment with your plan. Thank you, God. And man, now I have eternal life. There's hope that comes with it. So if you want Jesus to be your Lord, you want to lay down your selfish, your sinful, your you know, individualistic thinking, your uh, self-righteous mentality, you want to lay down all of your will and you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord, your leader. What he says goes in your life. Raise your hand at me right now. 
Say, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Lord. Amen. Let's all just say a simple prayer together. As Lord. Okay? This is, new, this is the new church in Jesus' name. This is the church of Jesus Christ in the 21st century. Jesus is our Lord. Our instructor. Not just our Savior. He's our Lord. Right? He doesn't affirm our sin. He instructs us in godliness and righteousness. Right? He protects us from judgment. He instructs us in righteousness. Yeah, amen. Let's all say it together, Jesus. We thank you for your life and your living. We ask you to forgive us where we have missed the mark. Come into our heart, change our lives, make us new today. Remove the desire, remove our independence, Remove our self-righteousness. And Lord, get our hearts in alignment with submission to your Lordship. Whatever you say goes. However you lead me, I will be led. I submit to your will. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, can we give it up? Amen.